You're listening to Rumination Thursday on this June the 9th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my good friend from Springfield, Illinois, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hello, Wes. Hello, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm wide awake, and because of the topic that you chose, I was really surprised. Let me just introduce it by talking about what Michelle Obama said recently. She raised eyebrows on Saturday, May the 14th, and she was using the term woman while voicing her support for abortion in a post on Instagram. But she didn't spell woman, W-O-M-A-N. How did she spell it, Wes? W-O-M-X-N. Took the A out and put an X in. Wow. And that is a form of this false teaching that has become prevalent in the United States called woke theology. And woke theology is very liberal. It's racist. uh, It's Marxist. And it talks about the difference in the races as important and really has some false teachings, but they don't like the word woman anymore. Why don't they like the word woman? <laughs> because it's got man in it. I mean, that, that's, that's my short answer to it. it that's is, uh, a, that's you, a you good a, short answer. You take the A out and put an X in, or Xing out man. It's kind of like... Uh, uh, you brought up uh, a while back the word sin and what's in the middle of sin is I, you know, I sin. In, in this instance, uh, this, how do we get rid of man altogether? In fact, the Bible talks about that Eve was created and was created as a woman. Did you find anything interesting about that particular word in the Hebrew? Well, uh, it's a combination of several words for woman, but it, it, it basically comes down to out of man came woman. Excellent. That the term woman means out of man. And we need to understand that the word man can be understood in a number of different ways in the Bible. Uh, When when God created uh, human beings, he created man, but that included also the woman. So a, a lot of times the word man is including everybody. For example, when Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount, the word man could include not only the men who were there, but also the women and the children. But in this case, in Genesis, you are correct. 
It comes from a Hebrew word, Adam, and it talks about woman being part of man. And therefore, it's very important to realize that it, there is a difference between man and woman, even though they're both human beings in the sight of God. You're, you are correct in, in what you are saying. This, this whole uh, movement is how do we get rid of man out of this? It, it, uh, the term itself with the X and, and woman now is, uh, grew out of the 1970s feminist movement. And there are many other terms that were, were used for women like W-O-M-Y-N. Yes. And that's kind of fallen out, by the way, because some of the more radical feminists says it doesn't uh, include transgender like TX does. Well, to show you how bad woke theology is, when you take a look at what Michelle Obama was saying, she employed this woke terminology while encouraging prospective voters to participate in the midterm primary elections, especially in conservative states where a potential Supreme Court overturn of Roe v. Wade could result in stringent abortion bans. Here's what she says. State lawmakers will have the power to strip WMAX of the right to make decisions about their bodies and their health care. Now, notice that this is a false medical notion that a baby within the womb of a woman is part of their body that they can do with what they want. Like if they uh, wanted to uh, take out their appendix or this kind of thing, but it is a human being. And so it really is talking about that a woman can have the right to kill her baby before it is born. And that's what the context was of what she was saying. I'd rather look at it not kill, but murder a baby in the womb. We often cite there in Luke where uh, Elizabeth and Mary meet, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, and and the baby leaped in the womb when when it heard Mary come into the room. And Jesus is in the womb of Mary. Right. And what does John the baptizer do? We're told that he leaps in the womb of Mary, or Elizabeth. If that doesn't show the reality of humanity on the part of babies in the womb, I don't know what does. I mean, he's aware of Jesus. Remember, his father was told 
by Gabriel that his son would be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. And that's even what Elizabeth says, why he leaped in the womb. Yeah. You know, this, when I started looking at this, I mean, it's just wide open. For instance, there's 760 gender items that now that they claim are, is out there. You size male and female and, and all these others. Uh, you can come up with at least 750 other ways to look at gender. I mean, the thing's really gone way off the map. Yes, in fact, that leads to the next point. According to the Daily Mail, the term WOMEX is intended to be inclusive of transgender and non-binary people who may identify as women. What's a transgender? Well, transgender is is a male that, that thinks it's a female or a female that thinks it's a male. It's called... They're caught in their their bodies as a male, thinking that they're a female, and they're caught in their body as a female, thinking that they're a male. Yes. And so, fortunately, there's a lot of criticism uh, against Michelle Obama and these folks who are following woke theology. Critics have argued that using the phrase... Womex alienates and ignores the experience of straight women. And so they're put in a category that they're not really in. Hey, you had brought that up a while back that uh, females were, with this whole movement, were gonna, women were going to be pushed aside into the back burners, so to speak. Uh, in, in all of this, and we see that going on, especially in the area of sports, where transgenders come in and and uh, in swimming, for instance, break records, and the women are are left behind. Yes, because these are really men who pretend they are women, and for some reason. There are governments who accept that. Fortunately, there are a number of states now who are coming against that kind of thinking, that if you were born uh, in male or female, that's the race you have to be in, not the race you think you should be in. Well, this, this whole movement... You know, as I said before, it X's out the A in woman, and, and this is a kind of a self-hatred of men. Isn't that uh, really the crux of the matter? Yes, exactly. Uh, they just hate to have a connection to men, and therefore they don't want the phrase woman because it makes them feel inferior to men. Does the Bible have women inferior to men? Not really. In fact, uh, one one of the passages that I found was uh, 
in First Corinthians. What did David, that say? Eleven. Well, long about verse nine. Neither was the man created for woman, but the woman for man. That is why the wife ought to be a symbol of authority. And before that, man ought to not cover his head since he's in the image of God. But woman is the glory of man. So woman is not put down in that instance, but is is comparable to a man. Yes. There is no doubt that Adam did not have a mate in the Garden of Eden. He had named all the animals, but no one was found uh, equivalent to him. So God had Adam put into a deep sleep, and from one of his ribs created Eve. And she was to be a faithful spouse to her husband in the same way that the husband was to Eve. In, in fact, tell us a little bit about how Paul uses all of this in speaking about marriage. In, in marriage, uh, I'm not sure I'm following you on that. You mean from... Corinthians? Yes, male to female. How is the husband to be towards the wife? How is the wife to be towards the husband? Well, uh, they're to give each other their bodies and and uh, self-respect one to the, to the other. No longer do they have the body of their own, but, but the wife, the husband's body and the husband has the wife's body, and uh, they look at each other in mutual concerns and love. That's in Corinthians and in Ephesians. It, it talks about woman, the wife subjugating herself to, to subject to the man, and the man is subject to to Christ in, in all things. And, now that uh, is a, a real problem for women being subject to, but uh, how is a man, who is he described as in a marriage relationship? Christ, our Lord, and the church is his bride, and uh, the man is to, to, to love his wife as Christ has loved the church. Which means Which what? Means the husband is he give up his very life for his wife. Exactly. And therefore, for the wife to obey the husband isn't meant that she obeys her husband in all things, but in those things in which he represents Jesus. So I'll give you an example if a couple gets married, and I had this happen in my congregation, the wife was a member of my church, and the husband-to-be was a member of the Baptist church. And in consultation with them, I said, well, uh, what's your plans if you have a baby? And immediately the wife said, oh, we're going to baptize the child. 
And the husband said, no, I don't believe in baptism of children, so we will not be baptizing the child. Well, it led to a breakup of the engagement, and the wife would not marry her husband when she came to understand his strong stance against baptism of children. And so in this case, the wife was standing in the place of Christ, and the husband-to-be was disregarding that. And this happens a lot of times in our day when there are so many single women who are mothers. They really take on the potential of being both kind of father and mother to the child. Well, have you ever had it where... The, the woman wanted the word subject, obey, however you wanted to put it in the, the vows, taken out of the vows. Oh, yes. Yes, and there you have to explain. Who else is talked about as obeying God? The husband. And? and he is, uh, and he is love his wife as Christ has loved the church. There's a, there's a very precise formula that, which uh, they live with subject to one another too. Then, so who obeys God the Father? God the Son. Yes. How many people forget that? that he was out of obedience to God the Father, and therefore did that make him inferior to God the Father? Uh, not at all. What What is this Sunday going to be about? Well, this Sunday is Trinity Sunday, and especially we, we talk about uh, how, how Christ is part of the Godhead, and... Uh, Many of our churches, especially in our Lutheran churches, we confess the Athanasian Creed and, and name four Athanasius who who um, fought uh, very valiantly about the incarnation of Christ and Christ being part of the Godhead, and we see that going on today too. Where Christians need to to stand up and and follow Christ as as the head of our church. Yes, yes, and so this all involves a understanding of the Trinity, where Jesus is even said to be subject to God the Father, and that does not make him inferior but it makes him obedient. In fact, the Bible says he learned obedience by his sufferings. And what was the greatest obedience that Jesus did? Mm -hmm. The sacrifice upon the cross, the shedding of his blood for to cover mankind's sins for all who believe in him. And oftentimes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? is better understood is, my God, my God, why have you left me alone? Because 
only Jesus was the one to suffer the punishment for our sin. And in that way, the husband also is the one to suffer on the for the wife in life. You're right, and you know, and that's how I would explain it. And I would kid with him and say, "So the husband doesn't have to love you as Christ has loved the church." Oh no, we got to have that. I said, "Well, let's go back and look at the formula that God has set up." And it, as you say, it opens up the discussion of what it means to be subject to one another through Christ who was subject to the Father. Can you imagine having a class, say, of oh, six, seven, eight-year-olds in public school, and one of the children asks the teacher, uh, what is a woman? And the teacher won't answer the question. Question. Well, there's many articles out there about how parents are pulling their kids from public school over such things as this, and they're sending them to private schools, and, and many times they're parochial schools and Lutheran elementary schools that we have. Yes, that is a great place to send. It does get a little expensive, but boy, it certainly means a lot to have your children brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Blaze TV host Chad Brather went around a group of women who are protesting all this, and he was asking, how do you define the word woman? And you know what they did? Many of them walked away from him because they refused to describe what a woman was. They have no idea, do they? I mean, they're at a loss for words. They just know that they're supposed to protest, and that's it. I mean, I, I I see that as one of the fundamental problems that we have is uh, once you leave behind the Bible, God's Word, right. anything is, is, is possible. Yes, and, and therefore, when you're asked simple questions, you can't, <coughs> excuse me, give answers. And what is a woman is pretty obvious from the scripture. It's a feminine of a man. It's one who comes out of man. And it doesn't make her inferior, but it does have her subject to the man when he is subject to God. And in that sense, here's how I look at it. You have God at the top. The husband listens to God and then tells the woman what is God's will, much like Solomon did with his son's uh, son in Proverbs, giving the wisdom of God. And that doesn't mean that the husband orders what color the walls should be in the house if they're going to paint them. That's not part of the husband's stance because where in the Bible does it tell the husband what color the walls should be? I, I think that's the perfect formula that you talk about is 
is uh, how we are subject to, to God to begin with. And as, as imperfect as we are at times because of, of sin in our lives, it's so important that, uh, that we, we uh, talk about the faith that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the one who forgives our sins and makes us perfect in our relationship to God again. Enhance our, our relationship to to forgive one another when we commit sins against each other as husband and wife and wife and husband, and uh, bring up our children as you say in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So when God created man and woman, He gave them separate vocations. Uh, a man is to be instrumental in leading the family according to God's will. And a woman is able to have children, which a man cannot have. And so there is an obvious difference. If somebody asks me, what is a woman? I would simply say, well, that is a part of humanity who is able to bear children. In contrast to those who are men and cannot. Yeah. It's such a reminder that uh, God did not make man-man, woman-woman in relationship, but man and woman as husband and wife. And, and they're in, subject to our, our Lord in all that we do and say. So when these women want to change the spelling of the word woman to W O M. A X N, they're really fighting against the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. That's really what's at the basis of it. All right, thank you very much for being with me on the radio. And tomorrow's Law and Gospel, you can email me if you want further eluded elucidation on this subject or on any other subject. I'm Tom Baker and with me has been Wes Reimnitz. Wes Reimnitz. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.